Hello nerds and welcome back to Nerding Out with Chelsea. In today's episode, we'll be talking about some manga, authors slash writers, and the recent trend of including really yikes takes in their manga or throwing fits at criticism that they receive and also including that in their manga. Within the past few years, there has been an uptake in this trend and it's really cringy, honestly. Uh, Mangakas will project their opinions into their work in these really disturbing long spiels without any valid rebuttals and they'll make sure that whatever character opposes their views has easily combated takes so that their opinion can win literally like a child and I in this episode we'll be talking about quite a few examples of this which is alarming that there are so many examples but to make sure that you're not here for five hours we'll be focusing on two writers specifically our first example of this is Tsugumi Oba, who's the author and not the artist. Very important distinction here. Maybe the artists are drawing what's happening, but it's not their words. For the most part, unless they're both the author and the artist. But in this example, Tsugumi Oba is the author of Death Note and Bakuban, as well as a few other things. And in his manga, Platinum End, which is another one of his, which is more recent, I think it ended 2020, 2021, but it's recent. And within the manga, he has this very long chapter where he tries to excuse him not liking gay people. Uh, yeah, don't worry, I'll give more context with all of these, even though it'll only make the scenario worse. He does this with other opinions quite a lot within the manga, and let's discuss them each. A warning that this entire episode will include a lot of me reading out sections of manga and then talking about them, kind of dissecting them. So if you don't care for that, you might want to skip over this episode. And also you might want to skip over this episode if you care about potential spoilers for Bakuman, Platinum End, and Fire Force. So getting into the chapter, it starts off with, I don't know how much context I, I'd given this, I might just read the text. So we have one character saying, but this guy on guy stuff is kind of hard to take. Look, personal preferences and tastes are not discrimination. If you ask me, the next god should do something about all this hysteria about claiming harassment and discrimination. Discrimination is a social system backed up by the powerful, like slavery or anti-Semitic persecution or apartheid or whatever. That's how it goes. It starts when someone in power says, I don't like those people, so let's all make life miserable for them. Okay, so like, I <laughs> there's some good points in this, but it's good points targeted towards a really trash take. Like, girl, how are you going to make a correct statement? about discrimination and then completely bypass the point that this does happen to gay people. Homophobia is a system upheld by the powerful. She's trying to make some weird point that since slavery is worse than homophobia, it's not so bad that she's homophobic. And it's like literally in what she says, it's a, no, she literally says, it starts when someone in power says, I don't like those people, so let's all make life miserable for them. Girl, what, what are you not getting? There are people in power who hate gay people and are like, you know what? I don't want to let gay people be living and thriving. Literally, recently as the recording of this date, we have all these bills, especially in Florida and Texas and such, that the don't say gay bills where teachers are not allowed to like talk or discuss about gay rights or anything like that. 
And meanwhile, Tsugumi over here is like, no, it's not discrimination if I don't like gay people because it's not a system upheld by the powerful. Anyways, it gets worse. There's more. And so then the same character, or I think, yeah, this is the same character, yeah, says, are you going to say that swiping left or right on a dating app is the same thing? At that point, it would be an act of discrimination to refuse a marriage proposal. I said it was hard to take, not creepy. Legalize gay marriage before you come after me. And then some other guy goes, she's got a point. No, the hell she doesn't. First of all, gay marriage not being legalized in one area does not mean you can't criticize homophobia there. It's honestly so annoying to see this rhetoric and it being kind of like injected and force fed to the readers of this manga because most people are not gonna open up you know shonen jump expecting to be told that it's okay to not like gay people because i said so no okay and then the whole she's got a point the fact that you have to include a character saying that to make it seem like oh my point is very valid and fair no, it's not. You're just trying to make yourself feel better. It's giving like he lost an argument and while he was in the shower thinking of rebuttals to this argument, he was like, yeah, I'm going to include this in my manga. Then what? Embarrassing. And with the same writer, within Bakuman, there's this very misogynist rhetoric that creeps up in the dialogue a ton. And the exact translated text says this. The reason she's thinking about becoming a voice actress is she naturally chose a dream that many girls have nowadays. And then skipping a bit of text. That's right. She knows what it means to be a girl. She knows by instinct that the best thing for a girl is to get married and become somebody's wife. Skipping a little bit. And until then, no, actually, this is not, yeah, yeah. And until then, no, even after she's married, she'll remain graceful and polite. It gets worse. And then he then goes to talk about this other character who's also a girl. Iwase is pretty good looking, but she's not very likable, is she? She's the smartest girl in class, grade-wise, but I don't like how she takes pride in that. That's why I actually think she's dumb. I I don't like how she takes pride in the fact that she's the smartest girl, grade-wise. You sound dumb. You yourself take pride in the fact that you're one of the smartest in your class, grade-wise, and yet because she's a woman and she's doing it, there's a problem. So basically, girls who are better than their male counterparts and actually have high-reaching goals are dumb. If they don't try to be wifey material, by his definition, 100% of the time and put their whole life into that, then they're not attractive. As if Iwase is literally not the smartest girl in her class and a very successful author. Please go somewhere. Takagi. That's the name of this character who's doing this whole spiel, by the way. He's a manga writer, high schooler, turned college teacher. Within, in this specific section of the book, he's a high schooler, aspiring manga writer, and he's just talking about, oh, your crush is actually the smartest girl because she knows how to act like a woman. What? And it's not like these points are being presented and refuted. Like the writer states them as if they're matter of that, like as if they're matter of fact. And the entire main subplot revolves around it. He's not putting forth this point and being like, "This is why this is dumb." He's putting it forth and saying, "Yeah, this is like this is the fact. This is not an opinion. This is actually the way that women and stuff works 
And it's like, babes, this is how I know you've never been with a woman before. Because what is this? What is this? Go, go somewhere. You have no maidens, please. I see why, because you're weird. People are always like, oh, manga writers are always so misunderstood. No, half of them are weird and they have no friends besides other manga writers for this reason. But anyways, continuing with the like translated text. Well, like she's naturally absorbed the idea that it's feminine to be graceful and well-mannered and that girls should be serious, but not too smart. She was born with the ability to sense that being too smart isn't cute. First of all, that's a fat lie. Like that is the fattest lie I have ever heard because all you need to do is scroll through social media to see how many people love smart girls and love smart women. My favorite genre of TikToks is one where it's like, boys, we gotta learn how to cook and clean. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to get married to an engineer or to a doctor or to someone and just take care of the house. That Those are the funniest things to me. It's like, purr, know your place, know your place, purr, become the perfect house husband. But anyways, Oba loves to include these these characters who like wear glasses and are very calm and composed. And, did I say Oba? Yeah, this is Oba. And while the other person who opposes them is very frantic and unorganized and it's honestly giving man baby and I just, it makes me visibly cringe. Like I read it and I'm like, you've never been with a woman. Oh my God, please. It's so obnoxious too because it repeats within the story over and over and over and he felt so hyped up by these rebuttals, he really went through all the effort to write it into his manga repeatedly, expecting validation, expecting people to be like, yeah, this is a banger take. It's not a banger take. You didn't even get a plate. Like, you did not eat. You were not even served food. You were denied at the entrance. Stop it right now. And then I just want to first say, being a girly girl, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Girls who embrace their femininity and have fun and love stereotypically girl colors like pink and such, absolutely nothing wrong with them. They cause nothing wrong with the world, except for when they try to force that onto other girls and be like, you need to do this to be a girl. The problem is making it seem that when women follow societal expectations, that they're somehow better than other women who don't, it's, it's really not giving at all. Putting all of that aside... Next, we're going to talk about Fire Force and its writer, who I believe is also the artist. Um, his name is Atsushi Okubo. Something about the OHs, Oba, Okubo. Mm. But I'm he's commonly referred to as Kubo, so I'm just going to go by that. And you should already know from the moment I said Fire Force that this is going to be about his obsessive fan service. This section is going to include quite a bit of reading as well, so I do want you to be mindful of that, but I speak very fast if you've been here long enough because I just went through a good chunk of text, like previously before this, very quickly. So anyways, I'm going to give a bit of context in the scene as I did before. There are three characters within this, a mom, a child, and Victor Licht, who is the researcher for Company 8 in Fire Force. And it starts off 
by the way uh, victor and the mom work at the same company hajima Industries, so a, a little bit more of context and it starts with victor saying so you're saying she's not supposed to do that because she's got a cute body then say you wouldn't mind if it was an old person with an unattractive body i want to point out as well that in the following scenes both victor and the child are depicted as calm and very rational while the mom is in all bold caps and screaming the entire time so then the mom as i said screaming this is shown by like yelling face and tons of exclamation marks says exactly everyone should be given an opportunity it's unfair for only the people with curvy bodies to be praised for their appearance then there's a panel where the son just stands there with three dots staring at her and he goes mommy you're not making any sense if that girl needs to be considered of others because she looks cuter than others then are you claiming that everyone who stands out at anything needs to be considerate too you're an elite researcher at hajima so you stand out in that aspect right mom but if there was someone who was dumb and couldn't become a researcher even though they wanted to are you saying you would then let them become a researcher in your stead Bad players will have to be allowed to be regulars in sports, and dumb people will have to be allowed into universities. And in music, there's already a lot of bad singers that live off their looks, but then it cuts off. Keep in mind, this is all like three pages of text and one big old rant in the form of a child. Then the mom goes, I became smart because I put in the effort. I'm different from people who are just blessed with looks from birth. I'm the only way I am because I put in the effort. It's not the same. She's still screaming, by the way. I don't know how her voice isn't hoarse, but yeah, apparently she's just screaming this entire time. The son then goes, being smart is still a talent. There are tons of people in the world who can't understand how they should study. You're wrong. You've been smart from birth. It's thanks to that that I have top grades in school too. And the trained body of that female fire soldier is beautiful. A beautiful body like that is proof of daily training and hard work. This convo continues, but I'm going to stop it there because I have a few things I want to discuss. First of all, this is all Kubo defending his overusage of fan service of a child. Second, everyone is not born inherently smart and smartness doesn't pass down in genetics as far as i know just because your like mom for example is really really smart and like because this is constantly talked about like the expectations of parents like oh well my mom's a doctor my dad's a pharmacist but i'm not good at either so they wonder like where it went wrong just because your parents are like smart in that way doesn't mean that it's going to pass down to you and also kubo is assuming that there's only one form of intelligence and it's like this memorization kind, like the kind of people who are really good at academic stuff, like really good at SATs and ACTs and stuff. And that's just plain wrong. Science has proven that there's multiple forms of intelligence. And in a slight little rant, we're going to actually discuss them really quickly. So first up, there's spatial intelligence. And it's when you are able to conceptualize spatial dimensions, um, spatially like knowledgeable people are very good at drawing and imagining areas or description imagining stuff really well just from someone like describing it verbally um people with spatial intelligence they draw they doodle they're good at puzzles 
They're good at memorizing information visually, so visual learners, basically. And they recognize stuff that promotes creativity. Like, they are able to know that by doing, I don't know, drinking tea and laying on the left side of their bed that it promotes creativity. I don't know, that's something random. And then after that is linguistic intelligence. This is all based on the theory of multiple intelligences, by the way. So linguistic intelligence, just as it said, you're really good at learning and communicating words to people. Um, you write, you read, you public speak, you're persuasive, you can explain difficult you can explain difficult concepts well. Y'all, literally me, I linguistic intelligence is one of my strong suits. And this isn't even like me trying to pretend. Like you can obviously see that I write, I read, I'm a published author, I public speak, I've been on panels, I've spoken to people. Um, I am very persuasive. If you see me debating anything ever, yeah, I'm persuasive. It's I'm also that's also why I'm really good at in-person sales because when I'm right there in front of you telling you why you should buy my product, best believe you're finna buy that product. And I can explain difficult concepts well, or at least I believe so. Um, I also do have some form of spatial intelligence, just as we all have all of these forms of these intelligence, but it's which one are you strongest in? And I'm well comfortable with the fact that spatial intelligence isn't one of my strong suits, but linguistic intelligence is one. And then after that, there's bodily kinesthetic intelligence. It's like, come on now, kinesthetic, bodily you like to move around. You're really good at moving around. Um, these are for sporty people. Those who are really good at a wide range of sports, people who have really good physical coordination and people who remember like who, who remember best by doing physical things. Like, for example, in science, you're better at learning with labs than taking notes in a lecture. After that is logical mathematical intelligence, which is the one that I believe Kubo is talking about in the passage we were talking about. People who are good at numbers, who are good with logics and mathematics and are good at analyzing mathematical problems. You solve those kind of problems really quickly. You're really good at formulas and computations and you like abstract logical things like that. One form of intelligence, just because you're good at that doesn't mean that, oh, like, I don't know how to explain it. He's making it seem that E only if you're good at that, then you're smart and that you're born smart. No infant is just inherently born good at logical mathematical intelligence. It takes time and building up that skill and realizing this is something that I, my brain, learns better than other things. And if you don't foster that, if you don't constantly work on it, then you're not going to stay really good at it. You're just going to stay at that level. But moving on to the other intelligences, there's musical intelligence. Obviously, you're really good at singing or instruments. You like rhythm and pitch and tone and melodies and all kinds of stuff like that. You enjoy and you appreciate all kinds of music. You are able to like see and feel sounds, notes, and rhythms, and you understand the structure of music. So this is for the musicians, the singers, the producers, the beat makers, all of that musical intelligence. And then... There are just a few more. I'm going to try and go through this a lot more quickly so I can like get off of this rant. Interpersonal intelligence. These are for my empaths, people who have really high emotional intelligence and are really able to be, they're really perceptive to people's moods and emotions. Um, you have really well-developed emotions. 
you are really good at maintaining healthy relationships and you're really good at dispersing like arguments and stuff like that. So yeah, interpersonal intelligence and then intrapersonal intelligence um, are people who are really good at their own needs, feelings, and emotions. So not others. Uh, people who are really aware of their strengths and weaknesses. You know what makes you tick. You know what will make you angry, what will make you happy. You're very aware of your emotions. And intrapersonal intelligence is definitely a form of intelligence that a lot of us do need to work on. Um, and it's a constant struggle. We see this during COVID and how COVID is affecting people and forcing them to be more tapped into their interpersonal intelligence. And then lastly, there's naturalistic intelligence. So nature, you like plants, you like animals, you like water, you like the sky, the moon, the sun, all of that. You like to spend time around all of those things and you surround that, you surround yourself with that. So for example, me, I love to garden. I have fake plants in my room. I always have my windows open in the morning so that the sun can come in. And I really do love gardening. This is for people who like biology, botany, zoology, anything like that. You enjoy nature, you enjoy hiking, camping, all swimming, all, well, no, swimming is more of the, it's a kind of a mix of this and of naturalistic intelligence and uh, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, but swimming more towards loving the water and just really enjoying being in the water. So yeah, slight rant on the different kinds of intelligences. Um, all that just to say that everyone can foster and nurture a different kind of intelligence. You aren't just born smart. Everyone is good at something different and it takes effort to figure out what that is and to keep getting better at it. And I'm also going to give some context on this section of the volume. So this is a scene where there's a fourth wall break caused by the antagonist. I'm not going to say who because that's a spoiler. The characters are no longer like actually who they are and instead they represent concepts. So there's a character who represents being prude and conservative and his goal is to erase sensuality and then all the background characters are like, yeah, we agree, la da 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 da. And then there's a character who appears who represents sensuality, so what he wants to erase. And they're like, no, I want to be sexy, lol. Uh, I am accepting of myself. And it causes the mom in this conversation who we were talking about to get really mad. I do want to add that even though, you know, I'm tearing into these various series, that I do like Fire Force. And if you put aside the fan service, the story is very interesting and connects well with Soul Eater. However, Tamaki is just one of the worst additions to the story. Like, there are so many mangaka who are able to comment on how people ostracize characters slash people who show skin and are comfortable with doing that without making them the entire punchline of the story. Like, she's constantly being groped and assaulted because of her clothes just falling off because she's un she's unlucky or whatever and it's so annoying to see like he also tries to make this really half-assed effort on giving her a sad backstory where like the reason why her clothes constantly falls off and she's unlike unlucky is because of oh her childhood and it makes no damn sense and i think it just shows he's too lazy to create a character who's good and also has fan service so he creates a booty character who's constantly getting molested and we're supposed to clap and be like, wow, great work, Kubo. You're such a talented writer. 
dookie cheeks. So yeah, I think that's where I'm going to conclude this rant for now. There are definitely going to be so many other things of writers that I want to talk about because it's just so annoying. Like, it's literally the definition of a woman written by a man. And I'm honestly, I'm going to dissect into here into all of it because I'm tired of y'all just ignoring this. Y'all is a general statement. There are plenty of women and other people who are constantly talking about this on social media, but I wanted to give in my $1.50 because that is all I'm willing to give on this. And yeah, let me know what your thoughts on this is because I could go on about this forever. This part of the episode brings us to Chelsea's questionable favorites. Every episode, I'll recommend something for you to check out. This episode, I'm recommending Kotaro or Kotaro? Kotaro Lives Alone, which is a 10-episode, really lighthearted, slice-of-life-ish anime that recently was released on Netflix and is based on a manga and a drama. Um, I did a full-length review on it without spoilers and with a section that does have spoilers on Instagram, so if you want to check that out and see why you should watch it, head over to at Nerding Out with Chelsea on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Nerding Out with Chelsea. Consider leaving a review on your respective listening platform. See you in the next episode.